So when I joined the BP program, I was $2,000 negative in my bank account. I couldn't pay my rent and I didn't have a car. And now I'm $2,054,000 in my first year. So 12 months later, my life changed. Go dummy, go beast, oh no. I go beast. Go deep, I OG, oh no. What's up? It's your man, B. Holmes, back with another episode of Doors to Success. I'm your host, B. Holmes, and this is where I lay out the B-print, which is me teaching you how to knock, open, and conquer the different doors of success in your life. And today, we are very excited because this marks a couple different segments of my podcast that I'm very, very stoked about. Now, I've been getting a lot of people saying, hey, you know, if this B print thing works, your trainings, you've been doing this for a long time. Well, who are all your students? Who are the people that have come through your program? Who have you mentored? Show me someone successful that you've mentored. And the first person I thought of was El Jefe, Chris <laughs> Sanchez. What's up, Chris? Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for inviting me to your podcast. You're, you're, you're always invited. You're so welcome. Thank you. Hey, before we get going, as you know, I am doing this... Um, Oh, what do you call it? A scientific experiment on visualization and putting things out in the universe sure. to make it happen. I've got my Red Bull here, and I want to thank Red Bull for being the official, uno no, the unofficial <laughs> sponsor of Dorsa's Success in the B Print. I drink more Red Bull than probably anyone else in the world. I pay more and consume more. And so with that in mind, I'm a walking billboard. I always have one of these in my hand. So <laughs> cheers, brother. Cheers. Kiwi apple, best flavor, keep it going. My first intention is so that they don't discontinue the flavor like they did during COVID, and I was paying $500 for people to ship in this flavor from Australia. I remember and that. <laughs> <laughs> and second is to make sure that they sponsor us. I want them to send us some red. I'm trying to get a refrigerator. I've, I've offered to buy two fridges from them, and that's, that's proving to be frustrating. So I said, hey, I'm just going to put it out there. I'm going to try to get them to sponsor us by thanking them for being the unofficial sponsor and really pushing my energies, still drinking a lot of Red Bull. Absolutely. I just told Louie to work it in my meal plan. So. Did he agree? Of course. Of course. He's listening to shaking his head right now. He didn't agree. Okay, so speaking of Louie, let's start there. For people that don't know, um, Chris is one of our managers at one of our companies, United Energy. And Chris, his story is phenomenal. Super excited. Chris went from being a real rags to riches kind of story. And I'm going to let him tell it. But for me, in my life, Chris is one of my direct go-to dudes. He's right. He's, he's in my starting six guys that are in my, uh, the family. I always have top six, top five, starting five with a six man that I focus on making sure I train and, and mentor. You're on the starting five plus the bench player, my man. And I think that um, everyone that I have on my starting five and my, and my sixth man, you know, is, is guaranteeing to make six figures. So trying to make sure people get on that mentor list of the B print, they work their way up and, and you have clawed and scratched your way to the top. And I'm just so honored to have you here as a brother, as a friend, as an employee, as, as everything you are to me, you're just such an important and fascinating and impressive individual. Thank you. So take us back. Let's start back when 
you were young, the younger years. What was it that made you be this type of individual? You're just a go, you're just a get it done kind of guy. No questions asked. What, what in your past, you know, kind of helped shape those characteristics in your life? Yeah, for sure. So one of the most important things that I feel so proud about is that I come from a third world country. Yeah. And uh, I was born in El Salvador, uh-huh. San Salvador. And uh, I was born in a nice family. My dad was a motivator speaker. Okay. And he wrote a lot of motivation books and gave a lot of conference. So I helped him to set the conference, the microphones, recording and everything. Yeah. And that was uh, the best school that, that I ever had. Mm. And in Christmas, I don't remember a Christmas that I didn't work. So I went with my grandmother, um, and I went to uh, to to, hit, to her business, and I sold under the streets, shirts, uh, socks, everything during the Christmas time. So I helped her to to sell that kind of stuff during my Christmas, and that was my Christmas vacation. Mm. When I went out of school, that was the time that I spent most like, and uh, with my older siblings. Josue, who is the one who is working with me at United. And uh, we were selling. I remember even sleeping on the street sometimes because I was so tired. Yeah. But my grandmother, she always taught me to love and to handle money. Mm. So she sent me for, let's say, for example, 500 bucks to change for a dollar bill. Mm. So we, we have some changes, right? So I remember having a lot of cash in my hands when I was so young. And I knew that someday I'll handle more, more, more money, right? Mm. So my, my whole life was a lesson. So my dad lost his job when I, I don't remember. I was maybe I was eight years old. Mm-hmm. So I remember that he, he bought a brand new truck, gray, a Chevy, 2004, and he lost the job. So mm. he, he couldn't afford anymore the payments. So I remember that he took me to an orange farm. We bought some oranges. We pack it on a bag, and then we were we were selling on the streets and maybe door to door oranges in El Salvador. Wow, crazy experience! But then um, he bought the school for us because he want to give us the best education. Mm-hmm. So he always was like checking if we were having the uh, good teachers. Probably not the best school in El Salvador. It was a normal school, average school. But he focused on give us the best education and to our school because mm-hmm. he was a, a teacher, he was the the principal. But my whole life, he was teaching me lessons that probably when I was too young, I didn't realize that he was trying to teach me for future things. Subconsciously, for sure. And then he taught me how to write checks when I was like twelve years old, and he was like saying like, "You need to to know this. One day you will use it." Yeah. So. I really love my my young ages. Yeah. Because taught me in a third world country the survivor experience. Sure. So being a survivor is the most like most awesome thing that I could have that it wouldn't be Christopher Peña without living in El Salvador. Sure. Absolutely. So I think you know looking back you can attribute your you know the the teachings, the principles, the the second nature refle- reflexes from your dad. Your pops taught you how to work hard, 
I mean, you're you're hustling. He's losing his job. You're slinging oranges out of the back of a truck. Sure. Uh, your grandma's giving you wads of cash to let you know what it feels like, smells like. She knows what she's doing with the visualization. Um, but even at a young age, you just were just surrounded by hustlers. Absolutely. Mm. Same as my mom. Uh, she always pushed me to be number one. Yeah. In everything. And I will tell you this. When I was doing my homework, sometimes she ripped it because I didn't write like a good letter. Yeah. So she read my, my homework. Do it again. Love it. You will need to do it perfectly, and then you will rest. And I was so mad at her. Yeah. But I didn't know yeah. that this was going to make me a champion. And then I played badminton for probably nine years. Okay. And I, uh, I became the number one in the nation. Right. When I was 18 years old. I remember I Googled, I Googled El Salvador, uh-huh. and that actually came up. Really? Yeah. It was nuts because I was actually trying to plan a vacation for my family. <laughs> and uh, you and your, um, oh, what was his, what's his name? Uh, what's your buddy that is from, um, what countries right across the way? Honduras. Honduras. Which one of your guys was from Honduras? Or you got a lot of them? Uh, so, no, I have uh, from Guatemala. Kevin Cordon. No, Luis? Luis. Madrid? Uh, Madrid, probably. Yeah, I I, yeah. no, Hernandez, Luis Hernandez. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely from Honduras. Honduras. Yes, for and sure. He was telling me that Honduras is way better than Salvador. Really? Oh, yeah. No. You show me these pictures. He's like, look, this is why he's like, don't listen to Chris. Go, come to Honduras. <laughs> these are the pictures. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so, I was like, yeah. I'm going to go here. And then you were like, no, you need to come to Salvador. For sure. Here's why. And so I got a little, so I learned that there was a little bit of a beef between Honduras and Salvador. Yeah. And so I Googled Salvador, and I was scrolling down the way, and I saw you super young, skinny, th- little, <laughs> with a bad man. I'm like, oh, I know geez. this guy. Yeah, I yeah. saw that. So, yeah, my mom, uh, she always helped me to buy the best rackets, shoes, mm-hmm. even if she didn't have enough money. And uh, she always supported me to become number one. And fun thing is I didn't like her being in my games mm-hmm. because she was, like, doing faces, like, come on, Chris, you right. can do it. Like, and I was, like, so mad. So she always see me, like, super far away on the court Yeah, because I always didn't like her, like, pushing me so much. But at the end of the day, that's, wh- like, that kind of stuff, they knew that I was becoming, like, a really nice guy in the future sure. so, to support my family to make a difference in my in my whole life, love in my it. whole family. So we're here talking with Chris Pena and uh, well, Chris Sanchez Pena. Pena Sanchez. Pena Sanchez. We're gonna talk about that in a minute, <laughs> but Chris is actually one of our managers at United Energy, uh, one of the top money earners for our company for last year and this year, and um, exceptional leader. Now, something that people don't know, Chris, is that. I best and they can kind of tell, but English is your second language for sure. And when I met you, your English was really bad, really bad. And I think watching you from when I met you, how much money did you have in your pocket when I met you? Minus two thousand. Minus two (laughs) thousand. I didn't have even a dollar. You had a hole in your pocket, literally, and you were basically living out of your car. Like it was, you had. I mean, you were homeless, broke negative balance in the bank account. And so to watch you come into and sit down with me 
Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that first experience. So, you know what? Sorry, I digress. I want to get to there because you're just such an impressive person at this phase of your life, but I want to know how you got here. So sure. take me back to, you know, the next phase of your life where you, you've learned hard work, you've learned how to visualization, you've learned your mom and you're, they're pushing you to go be this, this type of person, this champion, as you say. Como se dice champion in español? Campeón. Campeón, of course. Fácil. <laughs> campeón. Okay, so now you're a campeón. And how do you get to the States? How do you get here? How does that transition in your life? Take me to that phase, you know, the, the, the 18 through the 21 phase. How, what happened then? Yeah, for sure. So when I turned June 18th, I wanted to serve a mission for the LDS Church. Okay. I went to Honduras. I got my calling to serve and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to Honduras. So Latter-day Saint, LDS, you said Latter-day Saint, Mormon. Correct, Mormon okay. Church. And I went to Honduras, and I gave everything as I can. Mm. And it was for the whole experiences to become number one. Yeah. I just remembered the advices from my parents. You got to be good, follow the rules, preach the gospel, and never waste a day or mm -hmm. a minute in your mission. Mm -hmm. So I became really good in my mission. Um, I got some leadership goals on the mission. And then everything was matching from my youth ages to my mission. So I saw, because I had a, a, a few companions from Utah, mm -hmm. so they told me about BYU, which is the Brigham Young University. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I got a feeling that I needed to be here. Mm. I talked with, uh, I talked with uh, many, many of my friends, and they say, yeah, just come. Uh, you will love it, blah, blah, blah. So after my mission, so that was... Wait, hold on. We're not going to skip over that. So for most people, this is a crazy concept. You turn 19, 18, and you give up two years of your life. For sure. You go to another country. Sure. And luckily you speak, you spoke the language. Yes. Honduras. Yeah. Spanish, yeah. No, but I know, but I'm sorry, you went to Honduras. Yes, I went to Honduras. And um, so what you do know about Honduras then, more than just their country rivalry. So yeah, well, my parents travel a lot to Honduras. I was in, in Honduras before 2013. Okay. And then, cool thing is, when they build a temple in Honduras, mm -hmm. one of the leaders from the church, Elder Holland, mm -hmm. was there. So my, my dad was a recorder for the church in Central America. Mm -hmm. So I was taking pictures in the stage with Elder Holland and my brother, Josue. Mm -hmm. And they approached to me and say, I got a feeling that I need to tell you this. You will serve in a place that you can't imagine. And you will become a really good leader in that country. Mm. 2013, 2014, I got a, a call for, for to serve in, in Honduras. Yeah. Same place. It's exactly the same what Elder Holland told me. Mm. I didn't imagine that I was going to serve in Honduras. Right. I was there. Right. Crazy. Huh. And then I was kind of sad because my, my, my other siblings were serving in Chile, Argentina, Mexico. Sure. And I wanted to, like, travel and maybe learn a new language. Sure. And I was sad when I got the call in and I say, okay, I'll just give everything I can. Yeah. Uh, three weeks later, when in 2014, I remember that was December 27th. My dad was sick. And I don't know how, but my mom could afford my, my shirts, my tie, everything. Mm -hmm. With sacrifice. Mm -hmm. I 
I made my, 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 my bags. And I pack it, moved to Honduras two years, sacrificed my university, my career in badminton. I was in my peak. And, uh, but I sacrificed everything I, I had at that moment to serve to my church. Mm, that's amazing. Yeah. I think, um, again, some people realize this, but what most people don't is that the sacrifice that you make is, is, is big. And, you know, the, the disappointment you probably felt when you opened your call and you saw Honduras, which is just, you know, it's almost like the next, it's only a few hours away, sure. right? So uh, two hours away, correct? Uh, it depends where you are, but we're like border to border. Yeah. So it depends where you are. A couple hours. And so it's not like it's a big deal. It's almost like the next state down there, right? So few, a, a lot of people can relate um, to that feeling. But what a lot of people can't relate to is you making the decision to serve with your whole heart and give up everything. For sure. So I think that's very impressive. I, I also served a LDS mission. And my mission call, I was called to Oklahoma. And I had taken Spanish classes. I actually opted out and took AP Spanish as a junior in high school. Um, I took college classes my senior year. So I was very advanced in speaking Spanish. Uh, it just came really easy for me. I just like understood it weirdly. And so my also, I, I, my patriarchal blessing states that I would serve a native people in a native land. Um, yes, sorry, a native people with a native tongue. Wow. And so I'm like, oh, I'm definitely going to like South America, right? <laughs> so when, when we grew up on the, fa on the ranch, we did quarter horses, and I used to haul horses to Oklahoma all the time. Like every year, there's a big horse show called the Futurity in Oklahoma, and I would drive our horses to the Futurity. When I was 14, we started going out there. So when I get my call, it's like pretty much the next, I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I was so mad. I was so Same. disappointed. And so, but when I got out there, I just made the decision. It's, I'm all in. Correct. I'm all in always. And it's not where, it's how, and I'm going to give it hell, right? For sure. And you can tell because of how you talk about it with fondness. And so what were, what was probably your biggest takeaway that you learned from your mission, your two years of service? Discipline. Discipline. For sure. I had a schedule. I couldn't wait, waste even a minute mm. or an hour. And I follow, even if it was hard, even if it was raining or it was at night, I knew that I needed to grind. Mm. Like, I, I couldn't come back to home before okay. nine. So that discipline is what helped me to become as well part of my Chris right now. Right. In my success of door to door. Because we were door to door at nine o'clock in a third world country as well. Dangerous. Sure. And I just needed to grind. I was wet sometimes. The river was like so high that I almost we, we floated. And, uh, but that experience changed my life forever. Mm. I wouldn't be, it wouldn't be me without my mission. Right. For sure. So hard work, dedication. Now you're learning sacrifice and scheduling and commitment. And so from that experience, you said your dad was sick. So yes. um, I'm sure we'll talk about your dad here in a little bit. But then you came home from your mission. And then how did you get to the States? And then how did you get doing door to door? How'd that go? Sure. So 11 days after my mission, I flew to California. And um, my first job was trying to become a tax preparer. Mm. And 
it was I, I, I messed up everything because <laughs> I was telling everybody, "Hey, brother, how you doing?" And it was a business. Like I couldn't take brother or sister. Sure. I, I was in my mission language still, mm. and then like I was so so dumb at that time <laughs> because I was making the transition of being in the mission to the real world. Mm. The real mm -hmm. world is not a mission. Right. It's a different world. And now it's going to practice and put and implement everything that I learned in my mission, in my school and everything. And I never went to school at that time. So I didn't know how was the real life. Mm. So I was in a bumble yeah. before. So um, I went to uh, California, saved a couple of thousand of dollars, uh, flew back to El Salvador. Four months later, I came to the U.S. with 20 bucks. Mm. I spent in the tuition fee for like was. Uh, 2,500, my first, my first semester, laptop, clothes, uh, rented my apartment. So everything that I had was 20 bucks. And I slept in the, in the floor with my sister for three weeks in mm. my uncle's house, apartment. And uh, I was there, and my first vehicle that I bought was a kid bicycle for 40 bucks. Mm. And... Uh, Fun thing because I bought it in the DI, desert first, uh, desert uh, industries, and I said I I only have forty bucks. It was like fifty bucks, and they sold it to me for forty bucks. <laughs> so you got a deal on a bike, you <laughs> use bike, a used bike, forty bucks. Now you got wheels. Yes, you're in another country. You don't speak the language, and you got a bike. Sure. Now so what? so I went to school for two semesters. I work. Where were you going to school? Uh, BYU, ELC, okay. English Language Center. Okay. And then I was cleaning a museum for BYU, bathrooms and everything, all that kind of stuff. So you're a janitor. Yes. And then I moved to a different job. I wanted to be a teacher for the future missionaries mm -hmm. because I was a missionary. I had teachers at the MTC Missionary Training Center. Mm -hmm. And then my whole dream in my mission was to teach missionaries how to preach the gospel. Yeah in the biggest MTC in the world, Provo, mm -hmm. Utah. And then not many people have failed in me because it was the hardest job. Everyone wants to apply to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. And then I applied. I qualified for the job, and uh, they gave it to me. I was teaching in Spanish, so it was a really good blessing. Sure. But then I couldn't afford my living. I needed to pay my tuition my third semester. I don't have any more money. I moved to a different job. I left my dream job. And then I, I started doing mowing and landscaping okay. for the whole semester, for the, salt, for the full summer. So that was 2018. So you've been a tax, tax. accountant. You've been a janitor. <laughs> you've been an orange seller. You've been a, a clothes seller. Sold clothes. You've done, I mean, what else? You um, teach how to, how to preach. Teacher. I mean, so now what? And then I was buying and flipping cars. So my other assistant came, but my parents could afford her, and she technically was alone. Your sister? My sister. Oh, okay. My third sister. Your other so sister. So my older sister, she came with me. She, she got a job. She got married. And then my third sister came. She's still older than me, but she came. But my parents couldn't, couldn't help her. Mm. And then was and buying and flipping cars. I was cleaning them up and then reselling them. You know, let me ask you something. Is it something like in these third world countries, like in your where you, it, 
in Salvador, is it a thing for parents to be like, hey, we're going to save up enough money to send our kids to the States and let's hope they go make it, but it's a better opportunity there. Yeah, for sure. Really? Yes, because in our countries, we wouldn't have a lot of opportunities. That's crazy. Yes. Like, they'll just like, because I'm I'm hearing, I'm watching your face. I've heard the story before, obviously, but for everyone out there, it's like, it's expected that you will hit an age and get to the States and then you better figure it out. Well, you will try it because getting a visa or a student visa is not just an easy thing. Right. You got to prove that you have assets. You you prove that you have uh, money to like afford in the U.S. So it's not just easy. A lot of people can do it. Mm -hmm. So 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 if you're a hard enough worker, if you set up enough time, if your parents were on the ball enough... Enough, correct. That they could send one of the kids out there, and hopefully the daughters, they're hoping the daughters would just come scoop up and get married, right? Real talk. Yeah, for sure. And then my sister got rejected her first visa. She was so, so sad. Mm. And then I told her, let's let's apply for your student visa, Mm -hmm. and I'll bring here. I'll I'll bring you here. Mm. And then I was buying the flipping cars at that time, and I was remembered that I, I was, like, cranking it up. I I had like six cars, but by that time, yeah. But I could I needed to sell all of them to help my sister, mm. and I was like, ah, I've been doing this, and uh, I, the only thing that I've been doing just spending and helping my sister. Like I felt so not mad, but sad because I thought I I will never make it. Like if if I'm if I'm like that, if I'm helping her, I will make my dreams come true. Mm-hmm. And then my, 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 my dad told me and my, and my mom, keep helping her. God will bless you 20 times more. Mm. And at that time, I, I was just frustrated. And uh, I helped her. She got married. She had a good family, awesome family. I had a, a beautiful girl. Um, and then that was like something that I felt like as a successful, successful st- uh, time. Mm-hmm. Because I helped my sisters while my dad was kind of sick. Mm-hmm. And I, in that moment, somehow just switched to become a man. Mm. A man for my family. Mm-hmm. So I became a, a man for my family. My dad was so proud of me after, jo- after every, every work, every day. I was calling him, telling him what, what's going on and everything. And uh, one thing that he never wanted us to be here because he, he never wanted us he never wanted to see us cleaning bathrooms or dishes because they, he gave us the education to become a professional. Mm. And cleaning bathroom is not bad. It's just it, he didn't want it like that for sure. us, that kind of life. So I felt so, so happy but frustrated because I had no money. Right. So uh, somebody invited me to go door to door. And then I made a commitment with the landscaping company, so I couldn't leave them. So I am a man of command of commandments, you know. And I didn't leave landscaping, but then tried door to door for four months. I barely made like two hundred bucks in four months. Mm. It, it was cold. Mm-hmm. I didn't have uh, gloves, nothing, and I sold. A couple cars to for my living and my sisters as well. Mm-hmm. Quick door to door, I just quit and then went back to clean and removal snow in winter at two a.m. Mm-hmm. And I needed to be at school 
at 8 a.m. So I was so tired. I was making like 100 bucks a day. It was good for a, for a student, but I was hungry. But you couldn't stop going to school because your visa. Right. So you're in a predicament. You're you, no wonder everyone's probably like, why? Why would you go be a tax accountant? Why would you go be a janitor? Why would you go sell oranges? Why would you go flip cars? Why would you go be a teacher? Like you, you had more jobs than most people see in their entire career in the two year span. And the reason is, is that your parents, your dad's sick, they're living in Salvador, but you're here supporting your family. And you don't have a backup option. Correct. There's no safety net for you. Correct. It, th- there's literally, like, your dad can't send you money. There's no, no Western Union. You don't even know what Western Union is. That doesn't exist. Like, that concept is, like, and you have nobody. Correct. Nobody. Nobody. Like, I don't know if we can, how we can, like, you know, communicate that correctly enough for people to understand. But, and I know it because I know you, but... You had everything on your shoulders. And a lot of people say, oh, I had how much shoulder. You, like, you couldn't even go home to mom to sleep on the couch. Mom lives in Salvador. Correct. Like, it's just a fascinating concept. So then you tried door-to-door, unsuccessful. You're back to doing uh, snow. You're doing snow removal just to pay. And life is like a, a rat race for you. Yes. Like, absolutely nothing. I came from zero, from nothing, from right. scratch. So I, I, the only option and I that I did was burn my bridge. Mm. I can't go back. Right. I'm so far away. I made everything. So I was eating more. I was like so stressed. I gained so much weight. And um, but you're and, and you're not even speaking the language. Correct. Correct. People don't understand this. Like, let me send you to to Prussia. <laughs> like, if you're listening. Your dad's like, hey, you're going to Prussia. You're going to go take care of your two sisters. You can't speak the language. There's no career. You have no skills other than what I taught you. Sure. And, and it's hard to hire you. Oh, yeah. nobody want to hire me. Right. Because I was from another country. Sure. <laughs> you can't. All of it. Like, that would be, that's a gut check. Yeah. That's a real live, like, you, you better be confident. And I was 22. 22. So you're here. For sure. Then 2019, I came back to door to door. I became a setter. So I was just making appointments door to door. And then I saw the money a little bit. And I like it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> My first check, the biggest check that I had from door to door. Yeah. In in those few months that I came back was two thousand dollars. That week I made like two thousand dollars. Yeah. And I woke up, I saw my bank account, I play music, like gang music, and I was like feeling the music, feeling the power, the first $2,000 in a week. Mm. Never done in my life. The minimum, minimum wage in El Salvador is like $500 in a month. Mm. The full day. Sure. 40 hours a, a week. So it was like, I've never done this in my life. Mm-hmm. I want more. So I had some problems. And then I had an issue in another company that they fired me for being from another country. Mm. And I, I didn't illegal. know. Yeah, I didn't know how to figure it out, like, the way and create my companies and create everything legal and everything. I didn't know anything about that. Sure. Until I met, uh, I, I met a, a real man who taught me everything. 
and became a mentor mm. and was Brandon Holmes. <laughs> I was like, you, <laughs> you had, I was like, who was Who's it? Who's the man? <laughs> you, you, it was me. You so, had, but let's talk about where we met. So, like, uh, take us back to that. So, we've got the stage set. Um, you've got a little cash. The other companies putting you off. They're running you around in circles, pr- probably for a couple of reasons that you probably created a yes. lot of accounts and the closer one of the accounts, they want to pay you, whatever. I lost $25,000. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So you lost 25, you lost money. My first $25,000, by the way, I lost it. <laughs> but, or you had it, whatever. Okay. You didn't get it or it was taken or whatever. You sure. didn't have it. And so how did we meet? So, um, another friend, uh, arranged the meeting with you mm-hmm. And I remember that uh, I wasn't confident at, at, at that time. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit, but it was minus $2,000 negative because I lost $25,000. Mm-hmm. My car didn't work. Used clothes because it was winter again. I, didn't, I couldn't afford like a sweater or a jacket or anything like that. Right. And um, I woke up to your office. I saw you with the style, mm. your Jordans. Not sure, uh, and I saw I saw you like wow, this, who's this man? The way that you talk. First, first thing that came onto my mind was, I want I want to work with this guy. This is the man. Mm. I felt I felt it. You know, this is the man. So we were starting talking. I had like a a, a crew and a team, and I said a couple guys with you, a couple guys with me, and mm-hmm. and I told you, okay. If you want me to work with you, listen, listen that like if you want me to work with you for you, not the opposite. I I, I was in that position to ask you that, but sure. I did it. I tried. You need to give us fifty thousand dollars to start with as an event uh, as a, as an event. <laughs> if not, we we're not going to do it. Right. And you laughed like that. <laughs> exactly the same like that. <laughs> and you said, nope. I'm not going to give you 50000 I mean, I can. Uh-huh. I'll just lower your commission. And over time, I'll make more money. But you will have, like, a lower payment for the rest of your life. And I say, okay, no. Don't give it to me. Teach me how to make $50,000 in a month. Right. And you, and you told me, I'll, I'll do it. Right. Then we meet up. We started. Hold on. Hold on. We're not going to go past up on this point. So from my perspective, uh-huh. here I am. Uh, <laughs> excited to meet you, but, uh, but I've been, I've been doing this for 15 years. So I've sure. seen a lot of guys come in and sit down with me and try to like woo me. And, uh, so when you, you show up, you had a hole in your shoes. Yeah. A big hole. It was useless. That I, I could tell you'd worn your, that, that sweater for a few days in a row. Sure. It was messy. And, but, and that's fine. Like that's totally fine. Sure. But, um, when you asked me that question, like it was awesome because you you were like, "Hey, if you're so lucky to have us work for you, you need to pay me fifty thousand dollars, or I'm not working with you." And I I saw the the desperation that you had, and realized that underneath it was just sheer hunger. Sure, um, I have a lot of people ask me for money all the time, and. As you know, that's not something we do at our company. And I've, I've ever, very rarely ever do I do that. There's such situations that I can, that I can see and, and will help in places. And, I've, and I have helped you and other people at different times. Sure. There are moments for help. But this one was so funny for me because 
I was like, bro, I know, I, I know that like I'm your last option. Sure. <laughs> like I know you need this more than I need this. So <laughs> I appreciate it. But the hunger I saw in your eyes was, was what impressed me. And so I, I said, I'm going to put it, I'm going to put a test. I'm going to put this out there. I would say, I can teach you how that's going to affect you. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll, I'll, I remember saying, I'll give you the money. For sure. I'll actually give it to you. I have it here. I'll show you my bank account. Sure. It's right here. I'll give it to you or I'll teach you how to make it every month for the rest of your life. Which one do you want me to do? Teach me. And you said, teach me. And I'm like, that's the guy. Your other friend said something else. Yeah. You said, I said, that's the guy. That's the leader. I knew you were the leader at that point. And I didn't know any of the other people that were with you, but I knew at that moment you were the leader. Yeah, for sure. And then I remember that first week we just sold more than I ever sold in, the, in, mm-hmm. in one week. Mm-hmm. But uh, I lost a lot of money because I clicked the, the wrong button, remember? Mm-hmm. And I charged myself. Right. And I and I said, why is this so cheap? Like, I didn't know that I was charging, charging taking off my away my commission. Yeah. And I was so mad that, that night. And you called me, you made a uh, video call, and you just gave me pass, peace. Mm-hmm. And you say, everything will be good. Let's just do it again. And I remember that was almost November. Yep. I didn't have money to pay rent, so I went to Czech City, f- and uh, I asked for a loan to pay my rent. Mm-hmm. But after that, I just was looking to my pictures. December was one of my biggest checks mm. in my whole life, mm. $10,000 after two months yep. of hustling. And if I made 10000 can I do more? And was like another month, another week, 10, 6, 4, 6, 10. Bought a few land properties. And my brother saw that success that he joined us Yeah, again. And that was my, my life, the point of my life that changed forever. Yeah. Like, this is the moment that I call happiness in my life. Mm. Remember the, the, the movie? Oh yeah, uh, with, with pursuit of happiness. Yes, mm-hmm. this moment I call happiness, mm. and then I started shopping, like seeing a few Rolex because I'm addicted to collect watches. <laughs> so that that was 2020. Mm-hmm. The pandemic came, and I remember the type of leader that you that you show us that moment. Mm-hmm. You said we're going, we're not going to stop. Everyone stop, but we're not going. We're going to hustle because if not, we're go- we're not going to have food or money to feed our family in the next few months. Yep. So we're we didn't stop, and that was moment that I said I'm going to follow this man, this man, like for the next following years. Like mm-hmm. I will stick with Brandon Holmes because he's teaching me hustling in the worst days of this year. Yeah. When everyone else stop. It's, it's valuable, and it's always interesting for me to hear these stories later, too, because you never know what kind of impact your actions have on other people. I just knew that in those moments, like we had, a, whether it's the snowstorm, whether it's it's a helo crash, I sure. call it a helo crash, when that, and now in my life, I get excited, not in a, any kind of sadistic way, but like, hey, the pandemic's hitting, and I remember being like, crap, we have a choice. We can either double down on our hustle sure. and go really lead or we can shrivel and die or put our heads in the sand, like do an ostrich. 
And I got wind that a couple other big companies were going to cancel their their sales programs through hmm. with the pandemic. And I said, we are going to do the antithesis of that. So me and my two partners, we actually decided that we were going to go out and knock doors and lead from the front. And that week we did like 50 some odd accounts ourselves between the three of us. But that moment, it's interesting to talk to people because that actually motivated so many people and right. our company went and we we did 400 X hmm. through those, the, those first two months of the pandemic, 400 X, like our numbers spiked so high. We were number one and two with two different, the, the number one and two installers. We were the number one and two dealer at these installers simultaneously at the same time. And, uh, it was just because we decided to double down and go work hard. Now that wouldn't have been possible if we didn't have guys that would follow and guys that would actually go grind. Yes. So I think it's important too, that people realize that you were made for this moment. You were prepped for this moment. You were good. And I don't want to go over quickly the moment that when you got that 10,000, right? Sure. That first check, I remember, um, you were so excited because of the disappointment that the first couple of weeks were, you were so yeah. mad. Yeah. I remember calling you a few times actually and be like, bro, it, it makes sense. Like, let me show you the numbers again. You're like, this don't make sense. Yes, it makes sense. <laughs> let me show you again. No, it doesn't make it. Yes, it does. Like this, just keep going promise. <laughs> and I appreciate your trust in me. And I kept teaching you the principles, kept teaching and going over. And we spent a lot of time and then boom, when the dam broke, it broke for you and everything that you had put in the work. Well, other people would have skirted away or died or gone away. Sure. You kept it going. Yes. So when that learning curve hit, boom, like it just came like a flood and you yeah. just start pulling checks to where I was like, oh man, he's making, he's, he's making so much money so fast. I don't even know. This, this is going to be bad. <laughs> this is going to be bad. Because <laughs> then you start buying watches and shoes and I probably didn't help in that regard either. <laughs> Yeah, like, um, if if we if we if I wouldn't be in the the buy situations before, I wouldn't appreciate. Right. And maybe it will change my personality, but it never changed. Yeah. Like I still, the only fancy thing that I buy is watches. Mm. Other than that, normal clothes. My lifestyle is normal. Yeah. But. Uh, Let's talk about the other principle I taught you. So people don't realize that, you know, when you come work with me, I, I try to do a holistic approach on every aspect of your life. Yeah. And so one thing you came to me and said, hey, I, I want to buy a, a car because I saw you making all this money. Sure. And I said, okay, we're going to teach you how to buy the right kind of vehicle first and how does it work on your taxes and what's it going to do. And so talk to us about that first car purchase that I helped you make. Sure. So before that, um, when I was getting the checks, mm -hmm. I went and buy a, I, I went and buy a SUV. Mm. I remember that even you guys posted on your Instagram yep. because it was a happy story. I didn't have a car for a year. Yep. And then I bought a $12,000 USB. And I was so happy. I wrapped it to, to the, because we we're going to, to Texas to a summer sales mm -hmm. and I wrapped it to United Energy. Mm -hmm. Remember that? Oh, yeah. So the engine was gone. That was on September. Yeah. Was gone. And I call you, hey, Brandon, can you help me? I remember that you have a friend that owns a dealer. Can you help me to get a car? And you, and you say, yeah, for sure. So we went to the car dealership in West Valley. 
And I was trying to get like a $20,000, $25,000 max mm -hmm. on a car. And when you were talking with your friend, you told him, hey, we need a really good car. We're looking for Raptors, F-150, and blah, blah, blah. And I say, no, he's joking, like, in my mind. Like, he's <laughs> just, he's just joking. And then we start looking like F-150s, like yeah. the truck. And then you say, okay, let's put wheels, tires, lift it up, leather seats, and everything. I was like, really? And I, and I, was, I, did, I, was, I wasn't talking to you. Like, I was so nervous. Mm -hmm. My hands were sweating. And when I don't talk, it's because, or I'm thinking, or I'm nervous. Mm. So one of the two things, I wouldn't say this because people would read me, read me this later, but when I don't speak, is I'm thinking, analyzing everything, or I'm nervous. So mm. I, I was nervous at that time. And then we s I sat down with the salesman, and, 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 and he was like, the credit application, filling up everything. Right. And I was like, look at, look, looking at you, and you just left because you had another meeting. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is happening. Yep. Two hours later, they watched my brand 2020 car, truck, my dream car with wheels and tires and everything lifted up was like, I don't know if I can afford this. Mm -hmm. Because on my, in my mind, I still was with the property mind, mindset. Sure. I never spent so much money in my life. I never bought a brand new truck. I never bought or gave uh, almost the half of what the, the truck cost, you know, mm -hmm. just to almost pay it off everything. And that was my first time that I spent so much money, like just as a, uh, uh, to pay it off faster. Yeah. I, I, I made a payment for $17,000. <laughs> and I was like, I felt something in my chest, like in my soul, like, oh my gosh, $17,000. But I, I just pushed through it. I, I was, I, I got the courage, and um, again, I burned my bridge. Yeah. Never come back again. I don't want to buy a car that is not brand new anymore. Right. So you helped me to become or to burn that bridge or my mindset of poverty, to help me in my taxes. You're saying mindset of poverty. Poverty. Yeah, yeah. Mindset of poverty. Yes. And you helped me to that. Yeah. So you helped me to burn that bridge. And because I didn't know that I was going to pay a lot of taxes <laughs> right. next year. So <laughs> what, 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 what I could see, what I could see from my experience was that you had made a lot of money and that you needed a tax write-off. You need some deductions <laughs> and you needed a new car. And so you felt like I was putting you in a situation that was going to stretch you, which it did. Correct. But... What I also knew is that I would put you in a situation where you actually need it and it would help you. So the funny part was is that we didn't go get a sports car. We no. didn't go get some fancy car. What we did do is we went and got a, a truck and we made it. And the, the nice part was it was your, I made sure I knew what your dream car was. Yes. What is it? What is it? Because you're going to get in this and see this every day. You got to remember why you're working. And, and I do the same thing. I do the exact same thing. But with a truck, you know, there's different types of write-offs that you can do that you needed because you didn't have anything else. So I was like, okay, we got to help this guy, put him in a tax situation. And for me, it's always like, if I can help you two steps ahead of what you see, when you hit it, you'll just be more committed to what we're doing Correct. because there is a bigger plan, right? We'll do that with properties. We'll do that with investments and we'll do that with other things that we have sure. coming down the pipe. But I feel like watching you, and I knew you were nervous, man. Like you, <laughs> you didn't hide it well. Like it was, and, but I knew that if we could just get it done, that it would, would happen. And sure enough, 
You got your truck. It's a, it's a big deal. You love that truck. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when you told me, just trust me. Yeah. You'll be fine. And uh, I was making more and more money after that truck. Yep. So it, at the end of the day, it wasn't a big deal, but I needed to burn that bridge of mindset. Yep. I needed to change that. Raise your lid. For sure. I think the other part, too, let's talk about quickly, and then we'll move on, is um, so Chris actually went out and made so much money in in an eighth month. So in in the in that year, Chris ended up making, what, 267000 54. $254,000, but it wasn't in the year. Chris made it in eight months. And again, we're talking about in eight months of knowing me sure. and working with me, you went from negative $2,000 to $254,000. And you ended up um, going back to Salvador and having a big <laughs> to-do, a big get-together. And you took the rest of the four months off because you didn't, You'd never made that money before. Correct. Never. Never in my life. So you just, it, it was like, where's Chris? He's like, uh, I think he's on a vacation. <laughs> for four months. <laughs> for four months. But what you did was you went back and you helped your mom. You changed, you, you had a big Thanksgiving dinner for everyone. Like you came back the king. How sure. was that moment? Well, I was so nervous. I, that was the first, the best feeling ever. Yeah. Coming back when I didn't have anything to be able to take care of my mom. Um, I mean, but, but what people don't get, man, is like your dad and mom sent you to a, a foreign country, don't know the language. You come here, you grind, you learn, you, you make, you, you earn in the top 5% of the world. You make the money. True. And then you go back. I mean, can you... Can you imagine the the triumphant return, right, of you coming back? Most people would come back like, oh, I got five grand, or oh, I've I made like, oh, I'm I found a place to live. Like, you came back with hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like, you did it, you did it. I made it. You made it. Like you, and now not only did you make it, that was the moment. That was a symbolic moment. So I remember other people were like, "Is he coming back?" And I'm like, "He's fine." <laughs> like he's he he's just doing his victory lap. Like he just he's needed this. He's needed this moment, and it was even more important. Cause let's talk about your pops for a minute. So let's let's yes. dive back and talk about you know your dad's situation in all of this and how that plays in. Sure. So 2019, when I was uh, knocking and um, being a setter, mm. remember when I made the, the first two thousand dollars in in the first week? Mm. That was one of the last news that I gave to my dad. Mm. that I was making it. And one of the last advices that I got from him was keep doing what you're doing. Keep keep the path of solar. Learn how to sell mm. and find somebody who will mentor you. That was the words. Exactly. I'm, and, I'm, and I'm not lying about this. Mm -hmm. uh, know and learn how to sell and find a mentor. And then I said, okay, that's fine. And keep helping your sister. God will bless you 20 times more. Mm -hmm. And then my dad passed away March 7, uh, March 19th. And that was the horrible feeling ever. Like I was knocking doors. I remember exactly the street that I was, that I got a feeling that something happened. Something was happening. Mm -hmm. And then I was knocking and then um, I got 
I got a call from my mom saying that my dad was was passed away. Mm. And um, we we bought, a, thankfully I was making a few more money. We bought the flight tickets to go next day. I was so glad that because of door to door, I was able to afford her at his funeral, mm. you know. Um, I was happy that I could help my mom with some money for leaving for the next f- a few months. And then uh, that that is the horrible time in my life mm. where I, I was so depressed, sad, and the only option that I had was helping my mother because mm. she didn't have nothing. We, we don't have any retirement program for 1K, nothing like that. And I was so, so sad. I stopped going to parties. And my whole life changed forever. And I and I couldn't overcome that feeling for years. You know, that's what that's why I I I was so social before, a lot of friends. But when that happened, like everything was dark, you know. But that was a fuel for me to become successful. And I'm not I'm not making this for money. Honestly, I know that money is not happiness. But it will take care of bills. Yeah. So that's that's the reason that I'm doing this because every day I push for the reason of helping my family and nothing else. Like I can I can live without watches or get everything rid of to still to still be with my dad. Mm-hmm. That's happiness. You know? So, so he passed away. Uh, my sister came. Then my brother came, and uh, and since then I haven't stopped because I made him a promise that will become successful in this country. Mm-hmm. So that's why, uh, in the perspective, was a real bad situation, which is normal. Everyone will lose his his dad or her dad. Sure, but. Uh, but in the opposite side was a fuel for me to become a real man and not just a young kid. Because I could be partying or anything or doing anything else, but that changed my life because I needed to become a man to support my family and to make a change of generations. Because mm-hmm. I won't be here just to make a couple thousand dollars and buy a house. I'm here to change my generations mm-hmm. forever. So it's not just I'm not I'm not working hard just to buy a car or whatever. It's just to change my my kids' life, my future kids' life, my grandkids, my grand grandkids, and make a huge impact in the society, in my country, and here. So I'm not forgetting where I come from, from my roots. I strongly feel proudful of where I come from. Mm. So, but yeah, that happened to my dad in 2019 and. 2019 was so horrible, but the glory of everything was on 2020, a year later. Right. So, yeah. I remember talking to you. We were actually getting our getting some team shirts made. You came with me for the day. I said, hey, just roll with me. And um, you told me, you know, the situation and the, the story of your dad passing and the nitty-gritty of the details, and I didn't know it was happening at the time. 
And so, um, you know, for me, having that knowledge, knowing the backstory, so when you had made that money and you had had that whole, you know, triumphant return home, I mean, you know, you, uh, to go back the way you did and to have everyone see you as that man, it was just, it was a, you know, a proud moment for me knowing that I played a small part in that for you. Um, and I was excited to get you back. Thank you. Cause I knew you'd come back hungry for more. I knew you'd come back ready to roll. So since that time, um, you've been able to help your moms. I mean, I, I love it on your posts. You're posting, buying your mom, the new iPhones or you're buying her, you're buying the property, you're tagging her in it. Like, in the house, I think I just think it's so fun to watch you take this job that sometimes we take for granted and just squeeze every last dime that only someone coming from a third world country could do. Like sure. you're, you're just squeezing this opportunity and you're just pushing it a hundred. When everyone else is like sitting back, you are running with it. And um, I just feel like it's so cool to watch you. So at this point, you know, you, you've got the money. You've sure. got the watches. You've got the shoes. I've taught you how to buy J's and buy watches and, <laughs> and cars. What is your motivation now? Like, what are you doing now? I mean, you got enough money in the bank. Your mom could be fine for a long time. Like, what? what is your motivation now? What are you doing it for? So I'm trying to keep investing, but I'm, I, w- I don't want to be rich. I want to be, be wealthy. Yeah. So that's a big difference. And my motivation right now is is honestly to create a family, you mm-hmm. know, because as I said, money money is not everything. It's mm-hmm. not happiness, but it will take care of your mom and will take care of the church, will take care of everything. Sure. So my real motivation right now is just to create something that where my kids can live, that they can get their universities paid off and uh, for generations. Mm-hmm. So because... At the end of the day, not many people know this, but I never went to never went to the university. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I don't I'm not having a degree or a master, but I'm a master of selling. Mm. Where the BPRI program, which is your program, became as uh, the university that I needed because mm-hmm. I was so so rejected of the idea of going to school and learn how to make business. When the teacher never made a business before. Right, right. So I never want to go to the university because of that. So uh, thankfully, and I don't know, just uh, a divine thing that I found you as my mentor. And you you never were like, you, you never were like a boss. Where you push me to work and, and whatever, you were a mentor for me. Where you... T- Taught me how to be minus two thousand, two thousand negative, to thousands of dollars in my bank account, and uh, seeing my weekly checks coming this year is more than the last year. So I I've seen the progress gradually mm-hmm. to your program, and one of the biggest skills that I have learned from you was to communicate with people, mm-hmm. how to negotiate with people, and uh, and the best thing is how to sell door to door i mean you're the master in in door to door you're you've been doing this for 15 years so i'm really in uh, such a blessed position 
where people pay you to teach them. Mm -hmm. I work with you, you mentor me, you teach me how to write off taxes, to create businesses, to to be really successful. Man. So probably you're just thinking that you're changing my life or change my life, but you change my generations. Mm. So um, when I when I'm saying that I made I made two thousand fifty four thousand dollars in one year, probably kids of my age probably will make more or less than me. And I know that there are more kids making more than me. Absolutely. Well, how old are you? 25. There's not very many <laughs> kids making more than you at 25. <laughs> well, but there are a few in door to door as well. Who do sure. More. There's some but, outliers, uh, but you're in the top 5% of money earners. Sure. Last year and this year. But I did have connections. Sure. Citizenship. English as a, as a first language. Or that that who will sponsor me. Sure. And uh, that's a big difference. So for me, it's a big, big deal making so much money that I was I was not able to see my life. Mm. So my motivation right now is change my generations, become a wealthy, not rich. God, that's big, man. That's that's heavy. That's big, but that is exciting. Like that, you could be the pivot point. You are the pivot point for all the the. The, the Peñas to come, right? Like, that's going to be so big. And your sisters, your brothers, like, you are laying the foundation. I feel blessed myself where that's why, you know, people ask me all the time, why are you doing this? If you've made all this money, and I'm so glad we're having this moment because, and, I, and this is why I chose to go bring some of my students on the podcast, was everyone's like, why are you doing this? Why, if you made all this money, if you got a million bucks, if you're a millionaire, why would you spend your time training us? Correct. <laughs> because of this sure there gets a point when it's not about the money anymore and there's a point where it's not about my family anymore my my kids are fine it is now where i have a platform that i can provide and i can hire my brothers i can pay for my sister-in-laws i can now hire you i could train you i could mentor you i can pass on it's for my kids it's it's semi-selfish because why do i get up and go work every morning when i don't need to well it's because i have other people relying on me and this is the perfect example of i feel responsible Great. we have over 300 employees i'm responsible for people's families that could be changing generations and man that feels big for me and i just am so blessed that we have a platform so now you can take that platform and you go run with it and you go sure. do it. And so I want to talk about one last thing. We've, we're, we're running slim on time, and I appreciate your time, brother. I know it's valuable. But um, there was a moment hmm. where you decided that you didn't need me anymore. <laughs> you had learned everything you needed from me, <laughs> and you'd made your 250000 and I'm going to go down the road without B-Holmes, so take us through that thought because there's a, there'll be people that are, there are people in my life all the time that come, they learn a little bit. I help them take off, right? A lot of people actually, and some go out down the road and they, some, you don't need me once you start making the money, Correct. but what people don't understand. And I have a whole nother group of clientele that at, you know, half a million dollars will engage me to come into their businesses and train them to get them up to a million and from a million to 10 million. You need someone that's done those different steps who's walked that path. 
But the problem with a lot of young guys is that I'll teach them how to make a quarter of a million bucks a year, and then they'll be like, I'm, that's all I need. Until they have this aha moment like, wait, it's bigger than me, and I need more than that, and I got to. So then they want to engage me again. So for anyone that's in that phase, let's hear your, how that happened for you. What's your side of the story when you had that phase into the next phase that we're in now? Yeah, for sure. So, um and this is not just me, you know, as, is, as you said, there are a lot of kids at, at my age that they're making money and they feel that they don't need you or they don't need us anymore. They think that they figure it out. Right. Which is, which is a lie. So I remember that I was building my team, hiring a lot of people. We were like about 20 at that time. And, I, and we were selling, and I was self-independent, technically, and I felt, like, kind of alone. Mm-hmm. So, because I thought, like, weird, because the attention was following me to another guys. Sure. Not anymore to me, you know. So, you were posting to other guys, to other crews, to other team, to other office, but not us. And I was like, okay, let's, let's, let's just do our thing. Let's do our own team company. We don't need me anymore. Uh, we're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. So we went. We just, I left you. I remember even I sent you a letter. Mm-hmm. I got a call from Brother Holmes. I was so nervous that day. <laughs> and I couldn't send it. Somebody else sent it to, like, take my phone, click send. I, I didn't even do it. Because <laughs> I was so nervous. And I, and I, I, I thought... Okay, if I do this, probably I'm not coming back because for you and for me now, I understand that loyalty is more important than anything else. Mm-hmm. Being a family, because United is a family. Your siblings work here. My, my brother works here. Everyone's siblings live here. So we're a family now. We're not just random guys trying to do their thing. We're family. Right. So when I did that, it just took me couple of weeks to realize that I was making the wrong decision because I knew that I could make more more money they offering more money but they never offered me to be a mentor mm-hmm. big difference that was a position when I I wanted more money when I asked you $50,000 and you said I can give you $50,000 or I can be your mentor to teach you mm-hmm. how to make $50,000. So they were offering me money which is not worthy now for me. The worthy right now for me is you teach me biggest things. Mm-hmm. It's not just money. Okay, you told me how to make money, but mentoring me in a lot of things that I still don't know for me is more valuable. Because with that information, I can make more money. Sure. Money will just come right now. Like, I know how to sell. If I don't have money, I just go knock a couple deals, done, right. $5,000 in my bank account. But now, my motivation is, okay, I want to invest, but I don't know how to invest. Mm-hmm. I know how to read more taxes. You know how to read of taxes. Mentorship for me was the point where I told my brother, no, we're wrong. Let's go back. <laughs> like, hopefully, Brandon will accept us again. Mm-hmm. Because money will disappear. Right. But the knowledge never. So I told my brother, he said, no, let's go. No, I said, no, let's go back with Brandon. I remember that you texted me. You told me that you were so sad. 
and uh, we made an arrangement to s to 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 a meeting with mm -hmm. you. Was 10 o'clock p.m. at your house, and you were so sad, and I was so nervous. <laughs> I w I don't know why I'm, I'm nervous, but I was so nervous, and and you were so sad. You tell me why, Chris? Like I took you from nothing to 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 thousands of dollars. And I told you, well, I just felt, I just felt sad and lonely, and I felt that you wouldn't support me anymore. But at that time, I didn't realize that what you were doing, just letting me run the team, mm -hmm. giving me power, um, let me be being the leader, and let the guys reach me instead of you. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. I was just a kid, immature. Now, with a few money, nothing. But I was losing the opportunity of being your student, mm -hmm. which is more valuable for me. People go to to this to the, their, their university spending so much money, but I was having that privilege to, to be your student for free and making more money. Mm -hmm. So that was the point where I decided to go back. And thankfully, you accept, accepted to me. I think it's important for a lot of people to know is I've got a couple of mentors in my life. And if you think about like, say you have a health mentor or a nutritionist, or say you have, you know, a, a, a money or wealth mentor. And I find myself going to my money mentors like once every two or three years. Right. And I'll sit with them for 30 minutes, maybe an hour. And I get little bits of wisdom and I'll learn, and then I go back in the world and try to implement what they've taught me. Sure. And they're not there holding my hand the whole time. Yeah. Like I said, liftoff takes a lot of effort, and that's where a lot of the investment comes in in liftoff. But then anything else, like any other mentor, like, so we're now, we, we, I now put you on with um, Louis Gucci. Shout out Louis Gucci, uh, Louis Pena. He is, he does, uh, body, uh, mind. He, he does like the physical size, right? We talk about the doors of success, yeah. spiritual, mental, emotional, social, physical. Louis is our physical mentor for both of us. For sure. Um, and he actually was a member. He's a product of the B print. He's came through my program. He taught, I taught him how to sell and now he's out doing this thing. So it's fun now to come full circle and have my students teaching me in <laughs> another Avenue. And again, I'll, I can train later about hierarchy of mentors. And most people think it's a hierarchy, like a like a you know a vertical hierarchy. It's not. It's a horizontal network. Correct. Where <clears throat> whoever is learning and has the heads up, whoever has the deal, that's who we want to to go learn from and, and have the deal brought to us from. So, if you think about what 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 Louis Gucci does, he'll actually you meet with him how many times a week? Uh, two times a week. Two times. In seven days, so two, two out of what's that? Two out of seven is twenty-eight percent. Twenty-eight percent of the time you meet with him, and how many? How much time is each of those meetings? One hour. One hour. So you meet with him two hours out of you know one hundred and sixty-eight hours in a week. Sure. So two out of one hundred and sixty-eight is you know point zero one is the time you're seeing that mentor. Correct. So he'll give you that knowledge. He'll help your meal plan. He'll tweak your macros. He'll give you the workouts to do for that body part, whatever. And then the rest of the time, what do you do? You go out and you do what? 
go work. You go put the work in. And it's so, it's hard for people to understand. But when after I get you up and I get you in the manager position and you're actually managing your team, I have to detach at some point or all your guys keep coming to me for my knowledge where I want them coming to you. For sure. I'm giving you 0.1% of my time tweaking what you're doing because you have to go try it on your own or I can't help you. Correct. That's just me keep doing it. So that's a big part of any mentorship that people need to understand that if you don't go run on your own, if you don't go try and do the workouts by yourself or try the meal plan, you don't know where you're going to fail. You don't know where you're going to succeed. I don't know where you're going to fail or succeed either until you go implement what I've taught you. Correct. So go try it. Go practice it. And then let's make the tweaks. For sure. And that was the transition where I should have done a better job at educating you what's coming next. Yeah. But you were doing such a phenomenal job. I thought that this was something that, you know, you were, you were super busy and you were running. But other than that concept, um, what are the other piece I want to focus on is, is what happened when you came back. And we've had a, a recent issue yesterday that you sent me, right? Yeah. Let's talk about that. So when you came back, what did I tell you when you came back? So if you... If you come back again, mm-hmm. you can't leave anymore. I said you can. I said Wait. I'll take you back. Yeah, but if you leave again, we are no longer brothers anymore. <laughs> you're dead to me. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're dead to me. Yeah, you're dead to me. We're not brothers. You're not. We're not brothers anymore. And I say that. I said to everybody, and I say that with so much love. No, yeah, for sure. I yeah, do. You were angry. No, for sure. And I tell that, but I tell that to a lot of people. And it's not because I'm a jerk or a dick or whatever, but it's me being real about my time for sure, and about my investment in you. I want you to know that this is me qualifying my people to where I spend my time. That if you are going to go again, I won't invest my time to have you come back and put it in you to go. I don't do I've done that cycle before. I've been doing this 15 years. I've had people go, come back, go, come back. And the emotional toll it puts on me is too much. Yeah. So if you want to come and be committed... And you need to leave, that's fine. I'll take you back. I'll take yeah. everyone back. But then once you go again, that's you telling me you really want to go. And I'm good with that. But sure. I, you need to know you're dead to me at that point. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I'm not dead. I'm not dead. You're, you'll never know. <laughs> but we'll, we're always brothers. Sure. I said that. Sure. I said we will always be brothers. Correct. But from a mentorship standpoint. Correct. Yeah, no, Correct. I got it. We'll, we'll, I'll, t- I'll pick people who want my time. And uh, and so now what's happening in your life? What what happened yesterday? You sent me a text message. You're kind of worried because someone was doing something like that to so, you. you know, yeah, so um, so guys that I mentored them, yep. you know, I taught them when they were broke. Yep, negative 2,000. Huh? Negative 2,000. Yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> I I told them and showed them how... But they just wanted the easiest part. Yep. They they didn't want to put the sacrifice on build something for them. Yep. Because in United we're building our company. Mm-hmm. I I always tell this is like I'm I'm a partner with these guys. This is my company as well mm-hmm. because I'm building something. So when something is wrong, right now I do I I don't complain. I just give ideas. Mm-hmm. But other guys that. They just want the easy cash right away and, bec- and 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 make the money that I'm making. They just complain. Yeah. So I was I just sent a text message say hey this is happening and you said um, don't don't worry technically you, mm-hmm. you told me don't worry and uh, but it feels weird you know so I I changed my perspective of being in your position mm-hmm. 
and feel and feel so like disappointed. Right. So if I would be you seeing me, mm-hmm. I'll be disappointed and right. sad. So that's why right now for me loyalty is the most important thing. So right now in my in my in my cycle of of friendship is so close because as you say you've been doing that for 15 years I'm I'm learning that in one year and for me it's like enough like I won't let a lot of people just come close <laughs> to me right but even yeah. though I'm still teaching a lot of guys in in my team mm-hmm. we're opening now the office in Houston Texas for for Hispanics Spanish yeah we're opening the office team in Houston for Spanish team mm-hmm. in Florida so we're growing yeah so I've learned for those experiences if you let me alone I wouldn't I wouldn't be in this position right now. So same as when my dad told me how to sell oranges in 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 the back of a truck, same when you left me alone, not because you didn't like want to take care of me or or I didn't like or something like that. It was because you knew the future and the process in your program. Right. Like if if you like give me power, you gave me power to run a team. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I have learned and experiences, experience some good and bad things. But now I'm more wise mm-hmm. of running a team. So I'm so grateful that you did that for me. I think the, the the final lesson on this is, and I knew when you left and came back that you would experience this at some point. But my response to you was, uh, you shot me the text, and it was a picture of one of your guys with another company. And I said, I said, huh, sounds familiar. So I, I think we both know someone that did that to me once upon a time. And you said, how would you handle it? I said, you know exactly how I handled it. Same as I handled you. The same exactly way I handled you. And you said, no, this is different. <laughs> no, it's not different. I said, oh, it's really different? <laughs> oh, it's so different. Like, it's just different. I said, let me tell you something. It's not different. I said, how you handle him should be, you know how to handle it. I, I handled that that same way with you. So you're going to let him back. He'll come back. And you're going to tell him. I want you back. Come back. But if you go again, you're dead you're to me. You're dead to me. Because <laughs> he'll come back. And then you'll have that talk. And then you're going to re-up and reinvest and re-spend your time with him. But it's important to know that it does come full circle. And you're going to have a lot of guys come and go. It's going to happen a lot. Some guys will choose not to come back. Um, and that's okay. That's okay. It's not about you. It's about other times in people's lives. And that's fine. Um, but it's part of your growth period. Right. And if he had to be the lesson, so be it. He served a great purpose for you and your growth. For sure. But you know how to handle it. You know what to do. Same as you handle me. You're ready. You're ready. All right, man. Well, uh, Chris, I did this to you last time. Uh, I've told you this before. But last final thought. If you were passing away and you had, you know, you're, you're a son or daughter, and you had to tell them one thing, one piece of advice, and you had 30 seconds to tell it to them, and then you were gone. And, um, but they would implement it. Sure. It's something they would actually do. Sure. What would be your piece of advice that you'd leave to them that you knew they would do that would cause them to be successful in their lives or whatever? Sure. So um, I told you this before, and I, I will say that whoever, like, who I really, somebody who I really love, and I want to take care of this. And if I am passing away, I always let them know that they need to know how to sell. Mm-hmm. And they need to find a mentor and go to Brandon Holmes. 
so he will take care of you. Like, I wouldn't be right now, 2021, making so much money with a roll in my hand without you. Mm. You know, there are a lot of rich men in the world, but nobody teach how to make money. You do. So when I see your TikToks and probably people like will say, no, probably it's not true. They don't know what they're losing because there are millionaires out like out there and they won't like teach him the secrets of successful, mm-hmm. being successful. So I will encourage everyone in my position or minus $2,000 negative right now to come work with you. You will teach them, you know, we'll take care of them. Mm-hmm. Um, if their dream is to have a Rolex, well, well, we'll make that happen, you know, or if their dream is to buy a house, we'll make that happen. So whatever is the reason, we're going to, um, with your program, the BPRE program is going to take care of the future generation. So for me right now, like owning Rolex, Pateks, or APs or whatever, yes, it's, uh, I made my dream come true, but right now, working next to you allows me to think, okay, I'm no, I don't want to be rich anymore. I want to become wealthy. Mm-hmm. And that's why I will give my kids advice this because you became as a dad for me, you know, because my, my dad's friend that I thought that were my uncles that I call with love, they forget about me, forgot about me. Mm. So you became my mentor, my dad, my, my friend. And, uh, that's why I respect you so much that, um, that is something that I will recommend everyone, you know, and, uh, you did. You told me everything that I know right now, and I'm I'm Christopher Pena right now doing this podcast, going to be in iTunes, you know, and YouTube because of you. So you made me who I am right now. Yeah, of course, I had so many so many mentors, but without you, I would I wouldn't have so much success. So that's my piece of advice. Man, I'm just honored. I'm honored to know you. Honored to have you. So grateful you you've inspired me. You'll inspire millions, man. You'll go do great things. Big picture, man. I think we're going to go take over South America. Big goals, big visions. I mean, you're going to teach me Spanish, and we're going to go rock this thing. Sure. We're going to Central America. So- Central America. <laughs> Central and South, dude. We're and go. South as well. Boom. Big goals. <laughs> big goals. Well, brother, love you. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for being on here. God bless. Thank you so much. My man. Thank you for listening to the Doors to Success podcast. Don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe for more. Visit bholmes.com for more information on how you can join the B-Print.